Yo, 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 this is CJ the Dayslayer from the Upgrade America podcast, your audio guide to information, fun, and thought-provoking conversation. We are back after like a three-week hiatus, just in time for the holidays. Hopefully, everybody enjoys their family, especially in the U.S., because it is Turkey Day coming up, or... I don't know if they changed it yet. But anyway, we're talking about post-election activities, forced vaccines, um, things like that. How long does it take to create a vaccine safely? We explore that. We talk about, once again, the future of higher education and education in general. Like, share, subscribe. Thank you for sticking with us. Shout out to our new listeners from Greece. Peace. I'm in the lobby with the lobbyists, fist pumping the shoddy up. You don't need to fear, I'm here to talk politics. I want my 40 acres, you can keep the mule, but I want 600 horses to drive my kids to school. Hey, right, what's up, world? We took a little two week hiatus post election. We did our thing, Upgrade America. The world was watching and they've been taking notes. I'm Cameron Ra former 2020 independent presidential candidate and host and executive producer of Upgrade America and also the new business, uh, the 3D Hatter, you know what I mean, domain coming soon. Shout out to Nine, you know, she's a mastermind with the crafts, helped perfect this right here, got the hat bling and all that. We making uh, 3D hats for entrepreneurs and, you know, if you got a logo, throw it on here, but yeah. Shout out to CJ the Day Slayer. You already know we got a great, uh, great show for you today. A lot to talk yeah. about, man. It's been a while. How's things on your side? Uh, good, man. Readjusting. What's up, Sandy's Follies? Jumping right into uh, IG Live already. Hi. Um, now nah, we're gonna. I'm gonna go down the rundown real quick. So, post-election thoughts. Welcome back. You know, we're gonna talk about a little bit of our uh, PA adventures. <laughs> Um, we're going to talk about election fatigue and the Biden administration actually being held accountable once they get in. Uh, we also going to talk about the MAGA march in DC. Uh, we're going to talk about education. We've been tooting this horn that technology is going to change education and it's finally coming. Um, Trump running again is an independent mm. about that. Emerge America sounds eerily familiar to Upgrade America. So we're going to talk really about that. And we're going to talk about the vaccine race and as well as the guinea pigs who are going to be first to take it. And troop withdrawal abroad for our military brothers and sisters in arms. All right. Cool. So that's what we got. Cool. I mean, um, yo, back at you. You know, um, Veterans Day was smooth. You yeah, know, it's it's always good, you know, that the country takes some time to to remember uh, the people who laid down that 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 work, that that wet work, that blood, sweat, and tears, and all that. You know but, it. So election came and gone, or did it? Because some mm-hmm. states are still ratifying the votes, right? Yeah. And again, the current situation is we have right now is we have a sitting president who has the White House. You know, and to some extent, I I dare say he has the favor of the military. Mm -hmm. And if he's like, no, 
you didn't win. And mm-hmm. January 20th rolls around. What, uh, what, what do you think is going to happen? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I guess they would have to enact something or whatever, like the Secret Service had to get his ass out of there. Not necessarily. Don't you think they would pledge their fealty to him as well? Because here's, here's what a, a colleague of mine brought up a very great point. Okay. He said that only the media has declared Biden the winner. If okay. not, we have consensus from all the states. You know, that you have a, um, that we have a, a, a clear winner. And um, I don't know, at the, at the end of the day, it, it comes down to this. When that January day 20th comes, mm-hmm. whoever's sitting in the Oval Office the next day is president or dictator. <laughs> <laughs> nah, um... What are your thoughts on the election overall? I know it's still kind of in progress, but like I know we have made predictions. Um, um like maybe it, I was just like I was. I thought it was gonna go to Trump, mm-hmm. just because historically, most presidents have served two terms. Mm-hmm. Like, can you can you think of any uh, off the top of your hand where it, where it hasn't? I think George Bush Sr. is one. Jimmy Carter is two. But George Bush, uh, George H.W. Bush, he got two terms. Yeah, he did, but his father did. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's I'm like, and, and I'm just I was just going with that notion, and you know, again they said it's it's a great advantage to have the White House while you're campaigning, you know. True. And, Again, furthermore, Joe Biden was just like, he didn't sell it for me. Not the charisma, not the energy, not his policy, not his rhetoric. But I don't know. I told you, like, it was more of a social vote. Hmm. I could see that. That's, I just felt that. Uh, oh, yeah, Sandy says uh, Nixon also is a one term president. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, if you think about it. Oh, like she's that. a fellow veteran, too, Army. So we got a soldier watching. Who Represent. Um, no, um, I don't know. I was just over the election. I'll go ahead and, like, kind of add this into it. I was in Pennsylvania, <laughs> Cam's home state, and I was in a not-so-comfortable uh, location, nicely being put, a.k.a. racist location. And now, I had to deal with what that. Type, now, was it refined racist or was this their overly uh, flamboyant, uh, uh, spicy racism? Let's see. It's hard to describe. It, it's between refined and not familiar racism. Like, they really don't have a lot of culture come into that area where we're located. Um, even though I've seen Latinos there. Mainly, I've seen Latinos there that seem to live there, but other than that, no, nah, I didn't really see anything else. It was just like white. I barely seen black people that look like they live there. Yeah, passive aggressive racism, probably. Hmm. Um, that's what Sandy mentioned. Yeah, it was probably along that line. Um, but then it was election time, and it got really weird around there, like because it was a lot of Trump paraphernalia around there, like everywhere. 
Um, I bet you it's still up. Like people are not taking that stuff down anytime soon. Oh no, I've, I've seen people <laughs> since I've been home walking outside with Trump flags and stuff still. So it's like, you know, it ain't over until it ain't over till the twentieth, and then I dare say it's just begun. That's when it will just begin. You know, like it could go anywhere with them boys who are standing back and standing by and whatnot. But um. Uh-huh. What else? Uh, now nah, I'm just I'm kind of glad at least most of it is over. Um, we still just waiting for the formality part and just getting through the holidays. Um, yeah, true, true. Uh, it was exciting though, voting for you, man. Voting for myself, like that part was exciting, man. That was pretty cool too. This was my first time voting in the in America. Like every time oh, okay. I've, been, uh, I've been doing absentee mail and ballots overseas. So this was really cool of uh, learning the process and it was I guess it was even more strange because while it was my first first time voting in America they implemented all the COVID changes so I'd never seen the traditional voting it was a lot of social distancing uh-huh. yeah. and that nature I went with my mom she's dealing with the little uh, how you say dementia and stuff like that so that was an experience in itself but yo bro right now our names on the ballot on the right in it is a liberty and a freedom that everyone, most or well, most Americans are privy to, but very few exercise that. And um, we did it. You know, whatever, whatever, however the results came out, we did it. And this is what makes America one of the reasons for me. I think that I find so great about America is that they they permit us to do that, even if it's just a tease. You know, even if it's just like, you know, like, yo, independent candidates will never win, but we'll let them, we'll let them write in anyways. But I believe in the future that they, we will win. Yeah. Um, so story time, what's going on? How you been? <laughs> you been adjusting? Me? I mean, that's what we do, bro. We been around the world seven times, like <laughs> nothing. It's just a new set of challenges. You know, we adjust, we adapt, overcome. That's how we move, man. I mean, like you, uh, when you was, you flipped up to the PA, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying it's just a TDY. You get in? Yeah, you yeah. Just kept it very. You was keeping it very professional. You know what I mean? We scheduled our RVs and we linked up, but it's um, we keep it moving, man. And I think that's one of the biggest strengths we gain from the military is is that ability to adapt and and overcome, persevere. Nah, that was a good experience. I was glad to have experienced Pennsylvania. I have a new, a different insight and like, kind of like appreciation and sweet memories within that. Um, And it was cool that you were there because that helped, like, that helped me be comfortable. So like knowing that you can reach out and touch me, like really, like, all right, yo, I'm like an hour away, but I at least can get there. I got, I got a response time faster than the, the external <laughs> starts in the midst of it. <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah, that was really dope. Um, the experience was interesting. Like I said, I enjoyed Harrisburg. I enjoyed Gettysburg for the historic uh, factor, but it was very Trumpish around there. I did not like that. Um, yeah, and then Philly, of course, you know, I loved Philly, so... 
Um, and then, of course, I got to sneak to the Bronx in Manhattan real quick. It was raining like crazy. It was like, it was a horrible day to do it. I was like, fuck it, I took my homie. And he had Yo. never been to these major cities or anything like that, so. When in Rome, you gotta seize the day, you know? You had the opportunity, you make the best out of it. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, Sandy says she likes city center. You been? No, central city? Where's that at? Yeah, I was getting ready to ask the same thing. Where's Central City? Yeah, it's a Center City. Center City. Um. Anyway, uh, what else are we gonna talk about here? The MAGA march in DC. How do you feel about that? <laughs> My understanding is like they're marching, saying that Trump really won. Is that what you're referring to? Or are you referring to people marching against? I guess. Trump supporters gathered in D.C., right? Mm-hmm. And, and support saying, like, yeah, Trump really won or something like that. My understanding, there is a uh, a parallel Black Lives Matter gathering. Yeah, they, like, yeah, I heard they, they jumped some of those guys. Yeah, I've seen a lady get knocked out um, <clears throat> by some participants of the protest. That's a black wild. woman, she got knocked out, and I was like, that's again we had this discussion on other episodes like don't go to a protest not expecting violence like oh, yeah. be prepared for everything like between police violence and like protest counter protesters like you gotta worry about all the and saboteurs as but we now, isn't that wild though and granted there's been protests or at least since i was young i've been seeing these protests even riots you know but i have not seen the elements that we're seeing today like the counter protests, the saboteurs, like, and how do you say, even the escalation of force from law enforcement, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's, I, I think it's changing. Like, uh, and, and I think that that's uh, another thing too, like the approaches need to change as well. Because yeah, they can be effective, but there's a lot of elements that can, uh, that can really mess these peace, so-called peaceful gatherings up. But, yeah, and they're passing laws in Florida where basically they're giving carte blanche to l- allow people to shoot looters. And hold on, you're talking about like citizens? Mm-hmm. Where I can't see how that could go wrong with racism, with incompetence, with yeah. like, you know, uh, a whole nother can of worms. But what are your thoughts on that? Are they at least, how do you say, are they at least pushing some rules of engagement? I I briefly read over the, I kind of glanced at it, but overall, like, they use very, you know, political, political language and stuff like that. So it's mm-hmm. like. Well, they do everything not to blatantly say, yo, you can shoot looters if you think somebody's looting your shit. But they'll put it in like euphemisms and shit like that. Um, It is hotly contested, obviously, in the state Senate in Florida. So it's not like it just passed through. Like, nah, people are like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, so, like, the elected officials are doing their duty, as far as I remember, on fighting that, because that makes no sense. 
Um, so our governor, yeah, definitely got to vote him out. He's a knucklehead. Um, and now, it's sad like, he's a veteran, too. Now, are they proposing that because law enforcement can't handle the burden? Like, they, they lack the manpower? Or what? <sighs> Hard to say. Um, I think it's more of a preventative measure after they've seen what happened in Minnesota and Mm. Atlanta, stuff like that. They're like, yo, that ain't gonna happen here, so we're gonna get in front of this. Funny thing is, it's like... And we have peaceful protests here in Orlando, no problem. From what I remember. One side has guns. It's not like only one side has exclusive access to weapons. It's like, yo, you bring guns, like, uh, shout out to Mr. Uh, Rittenhouse. I believe he posted bail for $2 million. But like he set the precedent, like oh word, word, y'all want to bring AR-15? Ha ah, ha! We'll bring Uzis, Mac 10s, all that. You know, sniper rifles, 50 cows. Like you just, you just uh, opened up the can of worms. You know, so it's like, where is this gonna go? We already see the the direction that law enforcement is taking. They're beefing up. They're getting up armored vehicles, bulletproof everything. They're getting flak vests military grade weaponry well as far as the average civilian the people who just want to go out and, and really peacefully represent i think i don't want to say those days are gone but you really got to consider how you're going to go about it what's up rye 242 represent Shit. yeah yeah we back original background <laughs> um yeah, we're just talking about peaceful protests and how it's probably almost extinct considering the precedent set by Kyle Rittenhouse with that shooting in Wisconsin. So that's what we're kind of talking about just now, just to catch you up. Um, so Trump running again is independent. Go ahead and get this out the way. Do you think he'll do it? Um, so here's the thing. It's like... We, we discussed about Trump. He's a very unique character. Mm -hmm. To some extent, I feel he infiltrated the Republican Party. And mm -hmm. just said, yo, yeah, I was slipping. I took it. It's mine. He ran with it and had fun with it. Based upon how their loyalty is for him after the event, after the election, they may not want to rock with him in the future. You know what I mean? But at the mm -hmm. same time, do you really think that MAGA support is tied like, directly to the Republican Party. MAGA mm. is Trump. MAGA is Trump. MAGA is not. MAGA is not the Republican, the GOP. It's like, that's his brand. So he already established his brand. Like, he has motherfuckers, oh, man, running to the swear jar. He has guys that are, like, really ride or die. You, mm. you hear Wild Boys, you hear all these other guys, they are ride or die, arming up, ready to do mayhem in his name. And those are just the, the the violent minorities. So he has countless other, you know, support. I don't see why not going independent. And you know, like, granted, he ran it his way. He could, I think, he would have a lot more wiggle room doing it that way. I don't know. Same with Bernie Sanders, though, for that matter. Like, I think he did the same thing. Let me try to squeeze into the the Democratic Party. Okay. And, like he was too radical. Like Trump was dominant, so he was just like, "Yeah, I'm radical, but I'm taking this thing." Bernie was radical, but he didn't dominate. And it's yeah. like Bernie still had the support. 
I do believe AOC was like still like I still like Bernie. Like even after yeah. Biden was like like the candidate. If Bernie would have ran independent, he didn't have he wouldn't have had to quit. He wouldn't yeah. have had to quit after you know the Democratic nominee. But yeah, that's that for me. I think that's a possibility. Yes, yeah, a defeat, but he still has four years. Um, Ryan brought up that would be watching South Virginia. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, said, Facebook. My bad. Oh, my bad. Nah, I didn't know. <laughs> nah, Ryan said that would be interesting. Trump as an independent that would split the Republican Party. Well, I think mm. he would just take that. Like you mentioned, he's going to take most of that crowd mm. with going independent. They're gone. They're leaving. They're really loyal to him. They're not loyal to necessarily the Republican Party. I agree. On, I mean, we saw the election results for the most part. It's not final, final, but... It was damn near split in half country-wise. Like, it wasn't... The popular vote was very tight. It wasn't like a landslide. That shit was pretty damn split. It's so funny because it's like, when you're listening to the rhetoric, mm-hmm. like said, it almost would make you think that Biden would have won by a landslide. But, you know, there's people who supported Trump, but they supported him in private. And they didn't come out with that until, until the polls, you know? But it's um, times are unique. Maybe politics just grows more and more interesting as you age, even more so when you participate in it, like yeah. we did. But you know, yeah, maybe he should. Um, I hope he took some notes from our campaign and, and decides to take that uh, endeavor in the future. Yeah, uh, Ryan said we don't know. As far as what um, you talking about, the Republican Party loyalists going just with Trump wherever he goes i don't know it seems like it um but you could be right possibility <clears throat> but he's also so ryan brought up he ran republican you got those who are blood and hard <laughs> so yeah but also remember trump people don't realize donated to democratic mm. candidates years ago i was gonna say that he had some a lot of democratic friends mm-hmm. And like, it's that's what I said personally when I, I I observe him and I'm like, yeah, he's a billionaire, so that's where he gets some of his Republican values. But I don't see him as a hardcore Republican. But um, just analyzing analyzing your man, the man from uh, you know from your perspective, do you see? I don't see him taking a loss and just saying, oh man, I lost. like I see him going at it again another four years hmm. but it's just a matter of which avenue he decides to take oh so ryan said what they have to do with the combo he's an opportunist that's what that's what the converse well that's how i was looking at it running indie would be an interesting opportunity for him and like cam hmm. mentioned about his brand is so strong that it probably would work or at least split um like you mentioned split the republican party what we're saying is the Republican Party is pretty out of touch. They really only focus on their hardcore, I guess, constituents. Hmm. They don't really. Yeah. He said the psychology of people who would vote for him. Well, we see how that works. <laughs> a lot of educated white folks voted for him. So I, laughing, I saw this lady. She had this Cadillac, but it had a very nice car and it had this 
bumper sticker on it that said like ladies for trump and i was just like it sounds like an escort service like, <laughs> like a like how with with all the rhetoric rhetoric that he's had in the past like Mm-hmm. And openly, I guess they, they openly support him. But. Yeah, nah, he has a very wide range of supporters. Like, we saw Cubans in Florida. We saw, uh, I don't know, I think, I'm trying to remember. Like, a bunch of different groups voted for him. <laughs> so, it's not just, I guess, lower class white folks. It's like, it runs a gamut from rich to lower class. You know, like, again, I see for the whole, whether it's inflated, this, uh, how do you say, this economy, this, this these markets, mm-hmm. he is waving some magic wand that is doing something for the markets. Shout out to Bitcoin, by the way, hitting $18,000. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. $18,000, like, this thing is riding. Mm-hmm. A lot of experts are saying it's it's on track to hit 65k. But um, John McAfee said he anticipated it hitting o- over a million by the end of 2020. Who could say? But um, yeah. That's that's all the Bitcoin folks. I don't know anything about that. Ryan does leave two more points. His supporters are Republican-based groups. Uh, they tend to go hard for Republicans, no matter who it is. Once a Republican is a front runner, they all fall in line. Hmm. Yeah, I could. I wouldn't disagree with that, but they also know that Republicans are splintered right now as well. And that's something that's unprecedented because they're kind of, because of his demagoguery, so to speak. You said they're splintered with that? Yeah, because it's kind of against their values. Like I've been listening to other conservatives and they like, they don't necessarily agree with that, but it doesn't show legislatively, obviously. they're getting to do whatever they want legislatively pretty much um but ryan said it would be interesting to see him run as independent um i think that'll be a dope move because it challenges the two-party system finally where and this election kind of exposed why we need to either change the two-party system um just them two choices is horrible so you're saying they should just show quick case um more independence because I think what was it, Joe Jerkerson? She oh, might yeah. have she was a libertarian. Yeah. Like she was on the sh- I believe she made the ballot. Yeah, she was up there. So it's like you had like three choices and then and then the writing. But it's like again I emphasize mm-hmm. like you had the online voting, you could have put a lot of candidates in there. You could find a way to showcase more candidates. But there's uh that has its own unique challenges yeah uh ryan did mention is the support for trump authentic or just because he's a republican front runner um what do you think cam to that question now is he referring to the base like the support from like the wide base i guess that's what i here's the thing like i i was watching um there's a clip where trump was on wwf Mm-hmm. Now, he was a reality TV star host. You know, he had a, a bunch of other ventures that made him famous. Like, he's a celebrity. Like, I think people support him because of that. Because of how he tweets. Because of, you know, the, the wild stuff that he says. Because he told people to drink bleach. And, like, I, I don't know. There's people that, that, that rock with him just because of that. 
but yeah. I think what was unique about this election is that people who had no business in politics, and I'm talking about celebrities, athletes, musicians, all that other stuff like that, they were drawn to this election. Some were drawn to Trump, and some were drawn to, to Biden. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, it's, it almost doesn't even seem like it's about policy anymore. It's a matter of preference. Mm. Excuse me. So Cam, uh, so Ross says, uh, you think that it's authentic. The genuine support for Trump is authentic, not just because he won or he's deemed as a winner, basically. You're talking about now? Just in general, yeah, just overall. Um, again, he put himself in a position like an underdog, you know? Yeah. And again, that whole... I gained a degree of respect for him just because he called Rosie O'Donnell the fat pig in the middle of a, uh, a campaign. And I'm just like, oh, like, you can do that now. He did that in like because he didn't care, and the the results were in his favor. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's a, pe- a degree of people. For me personally, just recently getting into politics, he's the first. How do you say politician that was not like Political a politician, like a, a a masked face politician, a cardboard cutout politician. So I could see other people finding that appeal in him and that being genuine so yeah the answer uh rise question yeah i think it is genuine to some extent but again when you look at compare him to to biden how he, he presented himself i could see how people would be polarized to 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 some degree to to trump um so Ryan said, we always have celebs swaying votes. True. Because they got Mm -hmm. their followers. Um, He said, America loves a low-key rebel. (laughs) Yes. And that's Um, why I said, I I admire an underdog. I I consider myself an underdog, but he he seemed to have played that part, even though he was a billionaire. billionaire. They love a rude mofo. (laughs) That's true. America is brolic as hell. They crazy. Um... All right, so let's talk about Emerge America. Where do you think that came from? Um, obviously, it's when you look at the phonetically how it sounds. Like they could have said anything, but to have it blank America, upgrade America, and mm-hmm. we kind of laid that foundation like off rip. You know, like, this is what we wanted to do, is show the public how to run for office. Like I said, at the end of the day, if all I can do is show and inspire other people to, to do that as well, that's the whole objective of running. And did you show me that? or that? I forgot. I, I might have showed you, or we discovered it somehow, but I'm trying to I find out. I it on Twitter. So I, I'm, I'm, I think it was on Twitter, but it was like, I'm like, yo, this is too uncanny, bro. Like, it is what it is. You, you saw the metrics. Washington was watching. We joke. We see Silicon Valley is watching. We yeah. joke, like, they're taking notes and stuff. But, like, we, we had some pretty good ideas, and we were pretty spot on with our, with our coverage. 
you know, so should we uh, speak some sort of legal action and, and to get some sort of monetary compensation for them, like jacking our, our ideas? And I don't know. <laughs> nah, um, I'll read their mission. I'm on their website. Okay, so, cool. So their mission is to increase the number of Democratic women in public office through recruitment, training, and providing a powerful network. Um, Emerge is a unique national organization that focuses on effective state programming that has built has a built-in inclusive network. We're the only political organization aimed at recruiting, training, and providing a powerful network for our Emerge women with hmm. staff, alumni, boards, and volunteers on the ground 365 days a year. Since 2002 has offered <laughs> a mere uh, and I stand corrected. So in-depth training programs that provides aspiring women leaders with cutting edge tools, trains, training to run and win elected office. Emerge has trained over 4,000 Democratic women to run and 690 serving elected office today. That's wild. But yeah. it's still very strange that um, granted. They have existed since 2020. Yeah, so they 2019. But yeah. it's like that we have similar names and similar not quite similar mission statements, but there's still the instruction aspect. Mm-hmm. That's I cool. think that's I think that's cool getting women into politics. So we still you know, definitely. Well, it was kinda wild though, so when I saw that I was like, yo, where they come from? <laughs> so <laughs> it's all good. Um, what else we got? What do you think about the vaccines? All of a sudden, the vaccines popping up. We got like what well, six, seven like, I'm seeing that too. A lot of um, they're saying 95% effective and everything. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't want it, man. Don't want it. It's like again when you go down that rabbit hole. Do a little digging on how long it takes to get vaccines through trials and, and all that. It's, it's years. And um, my personal story from the military is I had to take the anthrax inoculation. I believe it was yeah. a seven-two <laughs> shot. So because it's like, and they leave lumps in your arms too, man. And it's like I got to shot number four because we would take them like every other week. Mm-hmm. And we got the shot number four, and they're telling us, oh, yeah, this series is being discontinued because people are getting heart and joint problems. I'm like, oh. And it's like, because we were in the military and we were government property, it wasn't no, well, let me think about this. If I want to take this shot. No, it's like, yo, line up, get your shot, sign your name off, fuck out. Two dollars in the swear jar, but like, yeah, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And um, just my experience with that, and it, it wasn't just that. You hear these types of stories all the time, particularly Desert Storm. You hear a whole bunch of stuff that uh, that went wrong over there. But um, rushing through this experimental warp speed vaccine for a virus that only kills like what less than one percent of the American populace. It's it doesn't sit well with me. 
mm-hmm. particularly when you have legislation that's protecting the pharmaceutical companies and, and everything like that. And I mentioned in the Upgrade America policy for the handbook, policy for the future handbook, that like there is a dilemma where, long story short, the rich and wealthy they they don't need the majority of people because they have machines now they have software that can do a great degree of labor so if you had to get rid of people why not give them a vaccine that will kill them and you know um there's no liability you can't get charged you won't get sued because there's legislation that protects you and oh yeah why not give it to uh to the poor and to the black communities first like that's how I feel about the vaccines right now. That's why I'm very concerned. HR quadruple six talking about people coming to your home to give you this thing. And then even more so that they're ordering what? How many Americans are, are in the United States? It was 300 and something million. Even if it's 350 million, they it's ordered something. over a billion, over a billion doses of these things. So that means they have more than enough to give it to everyone more than 10 times. So yeah, it raises some red flags. And when they're saying, yeah, when you have Trump in front of on the world stage, bragging how the military is, is on standby to help distribute this vaccine. For me, military veterans, security forces, cool. Yo, for me, military means people with guns, people with big guns, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, what do, you need people with big guns to distribute a vaccine for it. And um, while my scenario is so far-fetched down the rabbit hole, history is not, man. History has shown us one thing. There have been, we, we think about, you know, Nazi Germany, yeah, mass genocide. Soviet Union had mass genocide. China had mass genocide. All these superpowers, they had mass genocide. So don't yeah. think like America is so benevolent that you know, they would never get their hands dirty. But um, health, when health is forced, be weary. That's that's right. health and safety is forced, be weary. That's all I can also, say. Also, I was reading that um, if you are on any public assistance programs like food stamps, anything like that, mm-hmm. you're kind of dangling that. Like if you don't take the vaccine, you might not qualify to keep getting those benefits. Interesting. Now I'm curious how that would work with military disability. Um, I don't think it'll affect that because that's kind of in the budget as far as. Um, ah, okay, okay. So the other stuff is entitlements they can flex on that. I think I would have to research on that too. So you do raise a good point on that, but I don't think it would affect us like that. Um, but you never know. Um, I think I will say this, right? We know vaccines for the most part take what? Two to five years on average safely where it'd be rolled out and we should know all the side effects, long-term effects, whatever. But could you argue that our technology is a lot more advanced than in the past to where why we have this shit like already done? So I will say yes on pharmaceutical drugs. So here's the thing. Okay. rudimentary understanding on how vaccines work i know there's a but pharmaceutical drugs those are chemical molecular formulas right mm-hmm. so artificial intelligence things of that nature 
they're able to do that let's just call it 10 times faster now because those are just like yo you're taking these molecules and you're lining them up you're familiar with fentanyl yeah what was that for uh synthetic heroin huh it's synthetic heroin okay because you're just moving one molecule the fda is having to damn this problem regulating it and enforcing it because you can make this version of fentanyl illegal one day a scientist can alter one molecule it's a brand new drug gotcha because when they when they say like hey this is illegal they're saying this molecular configuration is illegal but if you change one molecule it's something totally different but totally different long story short they said that pharmaceutical drugs yeah they can make them a lot faster now vaccines however you're taking a piece of a virus, you're mixing it in with mad different chemicals, there's some heavy metals in there. I dare say there's even pieces of like baby embryos from, from abortions and stuff. Like there's a lot of stuff that's going into these vaccines is a bit more complicated. And I don't know if... So I guess we have to figure so out... My... I, I always wanna say one more thing. Okay. <laughs> like I wanna say there's some legislation for pharmaceutical drugs, for the drugs. Mm-hmm. Like, if you take this drug and you're all messed up, you can sue the company. But for vaccines, there's not. And that mm-hmm. is what we need to emphasize, that there is no protection for the consumer. There is no, like, your family can't be like, oh, well, it killed little Johnny, we're going to sue. No, you, you can't do that. And yeah. that's why it's like, when you have that, in addition to, like, someone putting a gun to your head, saying you have to take it, like, that should it raises some red flags for me. Yeah, I got you. Um, yeah, I was just wondering. I was like, yeah, I know technology is pretty advanced now, but I would have, I had to research that vaccine process now in 2020. What's that like? Um, what's the fastest they can get it out safely? I'm just really curious now. Um, so really, you're thinking like, okay, one, pharmaceutical drugs. Yeah, it's a bunch of chemicals, plants, compounds, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The other is a freaking pathogen it's a virus it's mm-hmm. dead or, or wounded whatever it's like i don't know but did you have any information on uh you said the test subjects i know they do have people volunteering to take all these all these pharmaceutical companies have been recruiting people to take the vaccine mm-hmm. uh, willingly uh, i think they've been paying them and stuff like that let me look up something real quick. Volunteers. Uh, it's like, it seems like every day, I, I more and more, I feel like we're living in some sort of science fiction movie, man. Like, experimental vaccines. And this, this is pretty wild. But I know Pfizer. Is it's like, like be one of the leading ones they have confidence in. There's another company that slips my mind, and I didn't even bother to buy to check their stock prices because it already spiked. Like once yeah. the news was out there, it already spiked, and it's just like I don't know. It's but, uh like it's like several pharmaceutical companies. I heard like Moderna. Yes, I heard Moderna. Johnson and Johnson, Pfizer, I think Lilly. Any re- any relation? Oh, uh, probably probably slave owners back in the day. <laughs> probably. Like, um, there's so there's mad cannons. There's you said there's so it's like almost like 
is the government gonna get multiple vaccines or are they just gonna pick one contract like because that would raise some suspicions again and you know conspiracy theorists not over here but it's just like yeah all the wealthy people shall get it from this company and the poor people should get it from this company and you know it's just like hmm i don't know strange times we live in bro yeah and i guess they're in phase three it okay. seems like phase three vaccine clinical trials right now now it, what does that mean i'm looking up i'm trying to see what that does mean um i know it sounds like just like i'm thinking military you know phase three where you can go out but you still had to come back i think and i think phase four you can stay out overnight and shit right Mm, yeah yeah that's what uh i believe yeah so it's like you think like phase three means people who have been who've taken this experimental vaccine are out mingling with the american public probably interesting Let's see, they're recruiting youth too between the ages of 16 and 17, 12 and 15. Minors are participating? Mm hmm. They said we should have a vaccine for children. That's what the doctor said. The pediatrics and the Division of Infectious Diseases at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Dr. Paul A. Hawkins. So he said we should have a vaccine for children. Children can die of this virus too. So. Let's see, I'm just kind of... I'm surprised they, uh, you, you hear a lot of coverage about schools shutting down, but not how many children in particular have uh, have suffered from from the virus. That's a good point. You make up a very good point on that. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, phase three. Let me look that up real quick. So, what's phase vaccine trial? Yeah, I mean, we're chilling now, like, as far as time-wise on the program, it's not much left to talk about. No doubt, no doubt. I know you got to stop. It was good to get back and get on the mic and and talk about these current events, because a little hiatus was cool. A lot has went on while we've we've been off, and, you know, we're going to be covering uh, a lot more stuff, a lot more content, too. I really want to um, share some entrepreneurship knowledge and inspire everyone to, you know, find a grind and turn it into a business. And particularly for our veterans, like we're gonna tell them how to get some some money through the SBA, other entities and grants and, and, and such. You know. Yeah, grant writing would be a good one, but that's very difficult. But that'll be something to explore. We'll see if we can get some subject matter experts. Mm-hmm. Podcast online. No. Um, let's see. Depends on the number of volunteers and different mm-hmm. objectives. Clinical trials are conducted in phases, but they do it make sure it's cost effective as possible. Uh, most vaccine studies are relatively long trials, often around six to twelve months. Um, safety and efficacy can often be established earlier than the end of the study. Later assessments are off, well, are then used to demonstrate how long the protection from the vaccine is likely to last. So you have... So hold on, you're saying it's not forever? Yeah. 
Because I thought, you know, you get your vaccine and your immune system is good. Because it has that data to make antibodies to fight. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I'm going to do some further research on that. We have that phone book list of all the vaccines that we took in the military. And I'm just thinking, I I got all this data on, on all these viruses, man. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, shout out to Glocks, Guns and Revolvers. Appreciate you. Wow. Um, I know, right? Uh, pre, you got pre, preclinical. Okay. Then you have phase one. Well, I'll read the first sentences for each one. Before a vaccine is considered for human trials, it has to have robust data from laboratory and animal studies to make the investigators as well as independent ethic committees confident there is likely to be safe as well as effective then it can go to phase one is human trials um phase one brave to be like yeah like phase one we follow this experimental vaccine all right so phase two is still mostly focused on safety but now include a greater number of subjects up to a thousand to two thousand Wow. So it goes from like a hundred volunteers in phase one to like a thousand to two thousand in phase two. Phase three trials are the pivotal final trial before a vaccine is approved for wise, widespread use. Wow. So you're saying that's what the coronavirus vaccine is in now? Phase. Yes. Now, do they give any timelines on these phases? Like how um, long does it typically take? Let's see. Phase four is once the vaccine is in widespread use, data collection on its safety as well as how well it's working continues to be collected in what's known as phase four. They said clinical trials can take up to many years. This is largely because the cost of each step. So therefore time and money for each phase is not invested until the prior phase is complete. Oh, well, can take up to several years, each phase. They said clinical trials can take that long. So I guess this is all encapsulating. Okay, okay. In the case of COVID-19, we've been fortunate to see sufficient investment that has enabled planning for all phases of clinical trials to take place at the beginning, allowing the next phase of clinical trial to commence quickly. And so as soon as the data from the previous phase supports it, so this has meant that we're seeing vaccine development happen at a rate much faster than ever before without compromising on all the usual processes required to be certain about a vaccine's safety and how well it is likely to work. So uh, that, that I hear you talking. talking. I, huh? still want, I still don't want it. Mm-hmm. And this came from the medical press. I don't know how... Um, what does it say? Um legit they are but you know seems legit to me i mean i'll have to do more research but that explains basically the thing you take it no no i'm good i got <laughs> it's gonna take it's gonna take a couple years for me to be like all right you know i might consider it one time and then that's it won't take it again it's for me it's like and i guess i feel the same with, with the flu it's yeah like, i haven't taken a flu shot in years nor have i after it was not obligated like mm-hmm. in the military, yeah, gun to my head, take the flu shot, and they're giving us the mist, so they spray it in your nose, and immediately I'd go to the bathroom, like 
Try like spray it, blow it out my nose because I knew it would make me sick. It would make me awful. Like I never liked how those things felt. And it's just like, I'd rather take my chance with the OG virus than some mutated Frankenstein you chopped up in the lab. That's just me. Um, I was about to say. Okay, so we got, I'm trying not to pull up the video, but at least. So, I guess Trump is pulling 2,000 troops from Afghanistan by mid-January. Hmm, 2,000? Hmm? Now remember who talked about Blackwater, aka XI, aka Academy, taking the contract up for Afghanistan? Mm. Have there been any talk about that? Because that's quite a power vacuum, removing yeah. 2,000 troops. That's a small installation. Yeah, basically. What's up, J-Love on IG? Um, yeah, that's interesting, but it goes back to what we've been, well, what I've been trumpeting for a while, that we do need to reduce our footprint, I think, globally, militarily. Um, and to make it more efficient, lean and mean. I mean, that's what we're going towards anyway. I agree. Um, but it's happening. So I think that's a good thing. It just kind of sucks. It took this long for it to really happen. Like, you could have did all this in the first couple years, really. If you're going to do it. It is kind of delicate. But I am curious if they're compensating for that lack of, uh, from that withdrawal with private uh, security. Oh, let me look that up real quick while we're talking. Okay. Private security. That we we talk about privatization, you know, with if with facets of government, particularly with the postal service. But what if uh, you know the the fence was privatized? They say that the private sector is more efficient than government, but at the same time when um, Costs generally drives efficiency in the private sector, and you know the military-industrial complex will just be running wild. But I think it is a a, a uh, it's a solution worth considering. Mm-hmm. You know, particularly when the military should be like the first boots on the ground, stabilize it, and then private security should be in place just to you know handle that handle operations moving forward. Military should not be a long-term, should not be a long-term uh, solution. I guess my thing is I don't disagree with that concept, and I also think the private security should come there at during the transition hmm. um, for the withdrawal from troops, just to kind of cover our six. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, but I'm curious what laws of en- rules of engagement and everything. Geneva Convention, LOAC, you know. And that's something we um, we need to discuss mm-hmm. as industries emerge, like soldiers, warriors, airmen, what have you. Conventional military members are bound to laws of armed conflict, Geneva Conventions, and rules of engagement. Yeah. But I believe there needs to be something similar to the Geneva Conventions for armed forces that are not military, paramilitary forces 
you know, abroad. Because certain, um, there were some contractors in Iraq that was doing some gangster stuff. Yeah. You know? And it's like, it was the lack of oversight that permitted them to do that. And I think as we, military shrinks, the military shrinks, you know, ultimately private security is going to fill fill that gap. We, we need to have some legislation over that. Because mercenaries are nothing new. Yeah, nah, they've been around for ages. Coming yeah. back again. Um, I don't know. Like I said, it's. I think it's kind of cool to see that. I mean, I think we're very fortunate we got to be abroad. And no everything like that. Um, to serve abroad is a very unique experience. I did my so, whole eight years overseas, man. Man, you got lucky. <laughs> I kept going back to Korea, like for uh, I don't know how it is now, but in my day, sound like old time, but like you could go to Korea, either to South Korea, to Osan and Kunsan, what have you. You do a year out there, and you would get to choose your base of preference. So my first time in Korea, I chose to go to Italy. Afterwards, had a blast out there, linked with you, CJ. Went to Iraq, all that good stuff. Went back to Korea, to Kunsan, so I could go to Germany. Had even uh, had even more fun out there. But short tours, yeah, for the Air Force, that's how it was. I'm not too sure if it's like that anymore. I don't know either. I'm sure it changed. Um, I guess we can talk about education real quick. We've been trumpeting this as well. <laughs> with technology disrupting education with coronavirus as well. Um, the future is the end of college as we know it. Millions of Americans getting a four-year degree no longer makes sense. Here's what could replace it. This is an article on Apple News. Oh, Wall Street Journal. Um, I'm trying to see just real quick like what they're talking about. Okay. Because we discussed that too before this article. Yes, we've been having heavy discussions on it. It's something's gonna change. Um, I'm trying to see. It looks like it's better to actually play the clip. Okay. Uh, I don't know if it'll come over. Uh, you know what? We'll hold that because I don't know if it's going to come over where you can hear it enough. Yeah, you. yeah. Why don't you just tell me the gist of it? Are they talking it? I'm assuming it's linked to COVID, but are they also talking about how, like, certifications and stuff are, are trumping uh, college degrees? Yeah, that's what I'm looking because it kind of got me, like, I got to subscribe to read the article. <laughs> I know. That's why I'd be, I'd be, uh, it's annoying sometimes for me, too. But yeah. my experience, you know, going to business school, like, and then actually going to work with a, like a Fortune 100 company, I, I, I say, ninety percent of the stuff that is pertinent to the job, you learn on the job. Yeah. Like yeah. for me, if, it, if anything, it's like going to college helped me get familiar with PowerPoint, like how to make slideshows with Excel, how to manage uh, spreadsheets, you know. But then even to that, you're still gonna learn more stuff with going on the job. And I think it is considering the, the system that we're in now, where it is, it's practically set up to plunge you into debt. So it's like you graduate from, from high school, you go into college, now you let's just say arbitrarily, you're $50,000 $50, in debt. But hey, you got this good paying job, you're gonna be paying that back. You really are not feeling that money, uh, the, the benefits of that good paying job 
until you pay back that money for college. And what is sad that you have Barack Obama, who's in the White House, like president of the free world, mm-hmm. and still owed on student loans. Like, yeah, that blew my mind. And that's what yeah. I'm like. Something is wrong with America. Something is wrong with our educational institutions that the president is paying back student loans. That's, that's ridiculous. But will you find anything on, uh, on the school? So basically, everything you're describing is what they're talking about. There's yep. like, and they're, they're showing a lot of public and private colleges like, yo, like our job's about to be damn near obsolete. Like our purpose. Um, <laughs> but yo, he said that, to, and I said I want that. That's what I want. And it's like no hard feelings, but like you preyed on people fresh out of high school. You put them in the debt. You got people. Oh, yeah, I'm a doctor, but you really not balling out till you're 65 when you're paying back all these medical uh, medical school and stuff. And it's just like, you got people graduating with degrees in basket weaving, and then all they can do is, is, is work at Starbucks. Like they've set countless generations up for failure. And now it's, it's time that they, you know, they, they feel that. I have no, no pity for those institutions. Yeah. Okay, so this guy is saying, all right, hold on. It's this guy, author, it's a uh, higher education futurist. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a doctor, Dr. Brian something, it looks like. Um, but it's in phases. So he said, forecast, post-COVID campus, pandemic fizzles out this summer, fall semester proceeds on campus. Mm-hmm. So he predicted in his book, and I think 2018, that this was, this was going to mess up education, it's going to disrupt education. Mm-hmm about a uh, great influenza so these motherfuckers had like a it's almost like all these people had insight on the what was coming in 2020 for some reason and so we I'm, did. Listening, I'm listening to a book on uh you know the free amazon audible books mm-hmm. future of violence and they keep mentioning like forced vaccinations and pandemics and, and all that as well but bill gates said it as well he's like pretty he said in like 2017 Pretty soon, we're going to unleash a pandemic. I mean, a pandemic is coming that's going to like, you know, there's seem to be a lot of foreshadowing to this. Yeah. I mean, you you can't ignore the signs of it. You keep seeing people predict this stuff. So uh, what else? There's like 2020 healthy people or something. I forget what it's called. Uh, Shout out to brother uh, Richard Islam. But like, he he put it on me on this objective and it's been around for quite some time and it's been under the table but um yeah people have known about something that's coming but it's just so funny and i don't want to say covid is not real mm-hmm. when you're looking at the numbers the data it's not as deadly and it's like it's being leveraged to do a lot do a lot it's almost like an excuse to wipe everything clean like and start a new world order what I we saw how that went when we uh, <laughs> talked about that so no they... we weren't ready we weren't ready like take the website down <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man, that was wild, kid. It was wild. Um, they're basically saying fall semester is going to be pretty much all remote. A lot of colleges are going remote. Um, so uh, is is that going to affect the cost? It has to, and that doesn't sound like it. Because you had uh, students like saying, "Yo, we want a refund because we can't go to school. All this stuff like that." Why am I paying $40,000 a year when I got to do all my shit online? Yeah, and watch videotaped uh, lectures and stuff like that. I get it. Like, DeVry, granted, that's how it was at DeVry. Like, when you're doing Blended and some of your stuff was on online. And I actually like the methodology. And it makes me want to circle back to what was proposed in Upgrade America Policy for the Future. The government can do that. Glorified website where all anyone can log in, watch recorded lectures, and and, and you know learn and get educated. So yeah, I, I really hope um, college they adjust their prices and really um, find a way to be all less predatory and all inclusive. So I guess that raises a question: What are you going to do with the student debt, and what are you going to do moving forward with those? like large campuses essentially what are you gonna do with all that repurposed they can definitely be repurposed you know but here's the thing (laughs) everyone thinks like we get this vaccine right operation warp speed yeah yeah it's all good open everything back up Mm -hmm. one there's like more than one strain of covid Two, like, let's just say this thing was genetically modified. That could mean someone else can make another one, and then another one. And you know, this thing can be it can be replayed like all the freaking time. Yeah. So the notion that everything's gonna open up and go back to normal, maybe not. Yeah. Oh, what's up, Harsh? We got Harsh, brother from India. Yup. Um, got Daisy. What's up, girl? Um, let's see. That's it. J Love still hanging in there. Yeah, just the future of education is definitely disrupted. We've been talking about this forever. Um, it seems like. So I'm I'm with you. I'm with the on the job training and learning certifications and the revitalization of um, trades and like plumbing and all this kind of stuff. I think like uh, knowledge to be free and available online, mm-hmm. and um, there should be opportunities for everyone. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, you still gonna need some certification, some sort of test to prove that you have obtained this knowledge. But like, <laughs> if America is really about the people, it should be investing in the people, investing in their their education, so that it's like you have an endless workforce to, you know, to do great things. But, that's just me. I think right now, the way our education system is now, is like you have so many barriers to get into you know, educational institutions. Whether it's SAT scores, whether it's, you know, networks and knowing certain people or, or even 
the the biggest obstacle is the finance, the money. Yeah. The like, I want to eliminate those obstacles so everyone can play. I and think you don't have to cry about the oh racist student dead and blah blah. Like, no, we ain't gotta do that because everyone can go to college for free. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm curious to see how next year plays out for the whole school year because this year was disrupted. So I'm really curious to see the start of next school season. Well, here's the thing. That's January twenty first. If Biden and Harris take the White House, like you already know, everything's shutting down. Everything's shutting down, and um, you have a taste from it there. But if some way that uh, Mr. Uh, Four Five manages to stay in power, like I don't know, I really don't know, bro. It's but education is it's changing. Change is good. Nothing stays the same. Um, yeah, well, to end on a light note, <laughs> I got a favorite song of the week. Okay. And it's from artist from her name is Sizza, and the song is called Hit Different. Well, it sounds like Scissor, but it's like S-Z-A, or Sierra Zulu Alpha. That's why I was thinking, like, is she with, like, RZA and Jizza? Is she a Wu-Tang? <laughs> <laughs> I think she's with uh, Kendrick's camp. Okay. Um, I forgot what they call Black Hippies or something like that. I think there's something, something like that. I forgot the name. I can't remember the name. But it was just a cool little song to listen to. I, it was very like chilled out. Yeah. I think she's from Jersey. I want to say she's from New Jersey. Dirty Jersey. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, we're just walking back into this week's episode. Like, we're just trying to get our feet wet again. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, like, uh, we didn't fall off the bike. It was very smooth, this episode. It was yeah. very chill. Not too fired up. I'm not angry. Today. Nah. You know, very, very smooth. As you see, I'm recording from the V. Making <laughs> some transitions on the road. But um, I am glad to be back. And yeah. Really, yeah. gonna be a lot to discuss in the future. You know, the universe is giving us plenty to talk about, and um, want to find new ways to add value to the show as well. As I mentioned, I want to campaign season's over, you know, but I do want to throw mix a little business in there and show people a thing or two. And well, you know, we always bring mad flavors to the kitchen, but again, it's always a pleasure. And yeah, catch up um, next episode. Yeah, yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, thanks for rocking with us. Yeah, we out of here. Um, we done. Thank you to all our IG folks and yeah, Facebook yeah. people for popping and in. Facebook for watching and hanging out with us. You know, we dropped Tuesday, so y'all know already. You already know, man. The yo, bro. Glad to be back at it. We yeah. have new current events for this weekend. What else we got to see? What else we got to talk about? Again, oh, yeah. 3D Hatter. If you got your logo, you're an entrepreneur, you got your little business, your side hustle, we'll bring your logo, we'll bring your uh, your dream to the next dimension. Upgrade America, you already know what it is. Peace.